are previewing the 2022 Michigan State offense with great friend of the program. No one better to do this with. Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the most lovely people in the entire world, the listeners and viewers of Lockdown Spartans. Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us here on the Lockdown Spartans program, your team in green and white five days a week. And you know what? I start the show with saying you lovely people. You guys are the greatest, but I got to be honest. And this is the, the cold, hard truth. I'm sorry. This might be difficult to hear for some people, but there is one person more beautiful than all of you combined. And that is the man with me right now, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports elite friend of the program, elite friend in real life, just elite person all around. Steven, now that I've buttered you up like that, how you doing, man? You doing okay? Boom. Uh, I'll take it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I appreciate the PJ Fleckisms there uh, yeah. with the elite substitutions. But, hey, man, let's, people know me. People know you. They love us, or they love you at least. Uh, let's just let's just get into some freaking football, man. I think that's what people want uh, this time of year, middle of August. Let's Let's get into it. You're, you're you tired of just talking about recruiting and hypotheticals and <laughs> preseason rankings. You're that's not doing it for you anymore. <laughs> uh, no, I just I'm, I, th- I think I, I think I've got my finger sort of on the pulse a little bit. I think people just want some nitty gritty football talk. Like uh, yeah. camps going, you know, they know people yeah. out at high school camps and this and that. It's it's in the air, baby. And like, hey, week zero is coming in really hot. I think we're less than two weeks away from that. Like, I'm I'm oh. looking at Nebraska versus Northwestern in Dublin, mm. Ireland. Like. On a higher shelf than I have a Super Bowl on. Like, that's how excited I am for college football to start back up. But Oh, yeah. No, I'm already thinking of who's going to be, like, the the Kenny Trill of this year, who's going to have that week zero yep. breakout game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you know, you know. It's, that, it's a little bit of a deep cut. But uh, <laughs> someone's going to blow up that first week that we've never heard oh, yeah. of before, and uh, it's just going to be amazing. And it's just uh, that, that first, first, first couple weekends, honestly. But there's nothing like – this little ramp up. And even like tonight we were talking, well, I guess it'll be tomorrow. I think when you guys hear this, but uh, sure. the Lions preseason game, just, just we're in that mode now where football's just getting sprinkled back in our lives and you almost don't expect it. Uh, but then it's not a surprise. So uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love this time of year. Are we back? I think, I feel like we're getting back. Like this is really where we start hitting our stride, Steven. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling I frisky so. right now. This is uh don't let I mean, us you get can hot. tell them, but I think I'm going to be back. Right. I don't know. I think so. I think so. Okay. Speaking of, how about this for a professional segue right here, Stephen? <laughs> Speaking of back, the Michigan State football offense has a lot of returners coming back to the team. We're going to go through it all. We're going to go through position group by position group. What position group, uh, you know, what guys have left, you know, staying around, what guys have come in through the transfer portal. And I was trying really hard to figure out the best position group to start this breakdown with. And honestly, like, there are three tied for first place that you could start with. But let's just kick it off. With the biggest departure, and of course I'm talking about running backs, because, okay, well, who who did Michigan State lose in the running back room? Uh, let's see, a guy named Ken, Kenneth Walker third, if I'm saying that right. I think I got his name correct right there. Uh, so that's who they lose. I'm sure he had an okay season last year. Uh, they keep Elijah Collins, Jordan Simmons, Davion Prim, Harold Joyner, if you will. But they also add Stephen, Jarek Broussard, and Jalen Berger. Those are going to be the two presumed starters or bell cows, if you will, is the Jarek Broussard-Jalen Berger dynamic 
as simple as lightning and thunder, kind of like for us older MSU fans, you know, Javon Ringer, J.U. Colcrick, or is it a little different than lightning and thunder? How do you dissect both of their games? Yeah, I, I don't think it's it is similar in the sense that I do see them like tag teaming this deal. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I do think it'll be more of a one A one B situation, and probably with those two guys, I don't really think any anybody in that whole room will probably separate themselves the way Kenneth Walker did, um, just in terms of being the lead sure. dog definitively. You know, so I think uh, yeah, Berger and Broussard to me seem like the guys who will emerge there. I mean, this is the month for for guys to make their move and prove it and do it. Uh, it's just, I say that, you know, to your original point, they, they'll work in tandem, I think, but neither of them is really the uh, the Thunder necessarily, you know, I guess either. They're, they do have different skill sets, but neither of them is like a uh, is a battering ram type of guy. And, and I don't think either of them is really like a sprinter burner either. You know, they, they both have different skill sure. sets, but uh, and they're both quick, you know, I should say. But I don't think either of them is like, uh, you know, Noel Devine or something out there either. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious to see that. I think this scrimmage this weekend will be a big thing for that position group, especially. Uh, and, you know, there's so many guys like everyone. They're all going to have to maximize every carry that they get, especially some of those guys who might be on, are on the lower end of, of that pecking order at this point, um, because there's there's just so many that, that so many reps to go around in practice. And uh, they're, they're really going to have to make the most of them, because uh, otherwise, I, I think, again, we're going to probably see those transfers uh, filter their way to the top. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so, you know, 1A, 1B for Broussard and Berger, you know, universally known, of course. But we have familiar names, right? Like Eli Collins, you know, he's been here since 2008, seemingly, right? I mean, Jordan <laughs> Simmons has been here for, okay, since 2009. Like, th- these are guys that have been here for a long time, but obviously f- f- has fallen down the pecking order. First of all, like, I'm shocked that they're still both here, that, that neither of them asked, entered the transfer portal. But second of all, let's focus on, you know, this question, not my random thoughts that I have. Which of those two guys do you think has a better chance of making a good impact this season between Collins and Simmons, if you had to choose one of them to be a great third fiddle running back? I guess I would go Jordan Simmons just sort of by default, though. Like, we just haven't seen anything out of Elijah Collins since Mel Tucker and these guys have been here. So I just – I truly don't know, like, what's up with him. Um, You know, he had COVID in 2020, and that set him back. Mm -hmm. And then he got hurt early last year, and that set him back. So I just – I don't really know where he stands these days. Um, Clearly not, you know, super high in in things. But whereas Jordan Simmons, we did see him consistently last year, um, whether Eli was healthy or not. And so, you know, we saw him get the first carry in the Peach Bowl. I think that says something. So – I would just have to sort of guess based on putting together some of the bread, breadcrumbs there that that it would be him. Um, I I but I've always also you know it's it's tough for me to say that because I've also always still felt that uh, Collins has some something left in the tank there. I mean that I remember watching that 2019 season where he he broke out and had almost a thousand yards. Right. And like I was like, man, like he's a really natural runner. He fits into like that zone scheme really well, and just he had some patience to him. Um, he just did a little bit of everything, um, you know, maybe didn't do anything great, but he could do a lot of things pretty well. And I was like, man, that's just a solid college running back right there. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm still to this day surprised that we haven't really seen anything like that uh, since then. And again, you know, he's had some setbacks and some issues, so it's, it, it hasn't been a linear path or anything, but um, yeah, so he's a, he's a, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm intrigued by him. I know a lot of people are, uh, I just, but based on the context clues of last year and, and adding two more yeah. guys in, I just, I wouldn't think he's probably going to be a main, main fixture of any kind. And a, another name that was thrown around in the spring constantly was Davion Prim. Like mm-hmm. Mel Tucker 
talked about Davion Prim the way us Michigan State fans like myself talk about Mel Tucker. Like you couldn't talk about a man <laughs> That's good. more glowingly than you talk about Davion Prim. Like is 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 there still smoke there? Like is is that a thing or was that just kind of a fun little spring headline that uh, that happened that's now gone? I don't think it was like um, intentionally deceptive or anything in the spring. I think mm-hmm. I think he okay. truly had a good spring. Um, I haven't heard as much that he's carried it, followed it up, you know, uh, this camp. But again, you know, Broussard came in here now, and I'm sure that's changed the picture a little bit. And now that's one more guy, you know, um, at the table eating into everybody's reps and practice and everything. Yeah. So, you know, he's getting less opportunity. Um, he's still a young dude, you know, uh, trying to figure this all out, competing with some veteran guys who have been through multiple training camps before. So I, I still think he's a. Uh, you know, in the mix, um, I wouldn't be stunned, you know, talking about Jordan Simmons and, and Eli, I wouldn't be stunned if Prim ends up as that third guy. Um, you know, gotcha. I, I think he's still probably got some things to do this camp and, and whatnot. And again, scrimmages, you know, for him, I think will be a big opportunity to, to sort of prove it. But uh, I, I wouldn't be stunned at all. I don't think it was total like uh, just, you know, um, smoke, you know, you know, that they were sure. that they were blowing in the spring. But he was also so young that you were kind of like, eh, is this a year away, though, at the same time, you know? Yeah, that checks out. So, like, I don't know. I, I just couldn't tell if, okay, yeah, he's actually wowing people or if this was, like, the football version of, hey, Tum Tum's three-point shot is really coming along. Yeah. Oh, I truly know. was, <laughs> but uh, whether it was, like, you know, a lot from where he came from, you know, or relative how how that would look relative to the other backs, especially their room right now, you know, that's, that's harder to say. But at least sort of in a vacuum, people were impressed with him. Yeah, right on. And you froze a little still hear me because uh, we got a lot more to get to right now. We have, I, I think this is all on my end. Sorry about that. But we have receivers to get through, Stephen. We have tight ends to get through. We have quarterbacks to get through. We also have who we will talk about next, the offensive line. But, Stephen, I'm so sorry. I just got to take your face off the screen for a hot second because I got to talk to the fine folks about LinkedIn jobs. That's right, gang. You already know what LinkedIn is. It is one of the greatest social media platforms out there and the very best platform for finding your job and also finding people to fill in jobs that you may need to fill. Because as you gear up for fall, you need to find the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job posted minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can find you and you can find the people to fill your network. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's a lot of job seekers. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And as we welcome back the wonderful Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports to talk about Michigan State football's offense, I just want to thank you very much for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Stephen, we got to talk about the big fellows here. Got to talk about the offensive line because, uh, hey, this just in, they are going to have a very important role this season when it comes to the run game, protecting Peyton Thorne, uh, protecting my happiness, a lot of the viewers' happiness by and large. Uh, so here we go. 
this is going to be a mouthful here for who they lose. They lose Kevin Jarvis, yeah. okay? AJ Arcuri, Blake Buter, Luke Campbell, Matt Allen. You keep Jared Horst, J.D. Duplain, Nick Samak, Matt Carrick, Spencer Brown. You also add Washington State transfer Brian Green. However, there's young guys that are still familiar names like Dallas Fincher, Geno Vandemark, Ethan Boyd, Brandon Baldwin. With that said, Stephen, right now we always talk about how thin the depth is maybe with experience because last year I just named off five names. You know, like if a guy goes down, you have experience there. Not a lot of experience now. Let's just talk about the starting five right now. Let's say a perfect world, they're all healthy. How do you feel about the starting five right now going into the season? Is this reason for optimism, you think? Uh, I think their starting five could be solid um, about as, okay. you know, and I thought last year's line was solid. So I think, I think, it, it, you know, really, you're probably realistic best case scenario is, is about as uh, the exact same performance as last year, honestly. Um, and I think that'll get you some places, you know, you won't have Kenneth Walker to, uh, to maximize, you know, sort of every, every block and every run play and everything. But I think that'd be good enough to get them, you know, to have a successful ish season. Um and like you said, though, the depth is just non-existent. Uh, so, that, but the, the starting five, yeah, uh, I think Horse could have a big year. You know, I think he could if he takes that step. He could be. I think he could, he could push for All Big Ten of some kind. Um, same thing with JD Duplain. You know, he's just been steady and steady and steady. I don't know how much more uh, he has to grow. I guess, but um, sure. after missing the spring, I'm curious to see him come back and see what he's what he's up to. Same Max, another guy. I think um, I've always been a big fan of his. And he's played a lot of football by now. I think he's going to, now that he can really, you know, wrap both hands around this job for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he's going to flourish. I really do. I think, um, I don't know about all Big Ten again for him because I don't want to go off the deep end here, but I think he'll have a really nice year. Uh, and then right guard is really the intriguing spot. Um, Matt Carrick coming back off his leg injury, a six-year yeah. senior. He's been the guy repping there every time we've been, we've been out of practice. So that says a lot. And that's a guy that, with a, again, with a heck of a lot of experience that you'd like to have. Uh, and then Spencer Brown is, you know, uh, he's, he's a right tackle. And um, they, you know, they really just have like no competition at, at tackle right now. Basically, okay. you got Boyd and Baldwin between behind both of them. And they're just they're just so young. Redshirt freshmen like you just right. unless you're a true just monster, uh, you, you're not you're not expecting a redshirt freshman tackle to like be in the mix. You know, mm-hmm. um, you really hope that they don't have to be. And now, you know, that's just the situation. So. Uh, on that front, um, Chris Kapilovic said the other day that, that Brandon Baldwin is a little bit ahead of Boyd. So if you okay. need to get into third tackle situation, probably going to be Bo- uh, Baldwin. I'm sorry at this point, but uh, again, you definitely hope <laughs> that you that you're probably that you don't have to turn to those guys for for any extended time. Um, you know, a lot of folks have asked me about the rotation and everything again. And look, what they did last year—that's not like. Chris Kapilovic's way. Like, that's not like sure. his secret or anything. He just had this really unique surplus of old, experienced dudes who could all play without, right. without you know, fluctuating the, the production level on the field. And then he could keep them all happy that way. And, and he could keep them fresh. And uh, a lot of those dudes got hurt during the year. So I don't he, – he had nine guys that you just listed, you know, that he could play that had played ball before. He doesn't have that this year. So he's not just going to be rotating guys in willy-nilly just for fun, just to hit a quota or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to rotate whoever is ready. And as of right now, I could see that just being Brian Green because that's a six-year guy as well. Uh, played a lot of football. They say he's repping at 50-50 roughly at guard and center. Um, I think, to me, I, I picture him sort of ending up in the the role Blake Buter would play for, for so long where he was just 
this the swing guy at, at either guard spot or center is just like where's a hole plug buter in there and he's good right. to go he's reliable um i kind of think that'll be a brian green's type of role this year with some i think they will script in some some series for him like the rotation but it'll just be a one-man rotation at that point yeah no 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 doubt about that and like you know being ready obviously you know you just said that baldwin probably has the leg up on void right now but what about like the other young guys like Dallas Fincher or Gino Vandenmark or anyone else that I'm not naming right now? Is there any indication that maybe some guys are maybe not like even on schedule, but maybe a little ahead of schedule where we can expect to see these guys early on? Or is this a wait and see what unfolds in week one, two and maybe three? I think um, probably. So, like I said, Green would probably be your top like interior yeah. swing guy or he's going to be your first depth guy at any of those spots. Mm-hmm. After that, I think it would be Vandemark. Um, okay. he's, he's been, uh, playing some center as well. And that's something that, uh, that, uh, Kapilovic has been doing. He's getting more guys snapping this fall. Just, I, I don't know if he's paranoid or what, but he's like, I got like eight guys snapping just in case. Um, so he, but he really wants those three, those three interior spots to be interchangeable. Um, so I think Vandemark would probably be number two in terms of just plug him in at one of these spots. Uh, and then beyond that, I really don't know Fincher maybe cause he's been around longer. Um, but he's. He's not quite as big as like a Wigginton, um, who's who's very much still young. So I guess I don't really know like where the rubber meet the road there. They're all second team guys at this point. Uh, Wigginton at guard and uh, sure. Green at center or guard, and then Vandermark was at center yesterday. Um, so that was the interior three there, and that's been pretty consistent with Fincher in or out there um, at center as well. It's got like Tyler Hunt, Daniel Barker doing snaps too, just in case. You know, I'm, I'm kidding. That's a never joke. know. They should probably do some kick slides in case they got to play tackle. I guess. But, hey, no, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. And actually, you know, let's just go right to the tight ends right now, um, because this is a very intriguing position. This might be the best tight end room Michigan State has had in quite some time. Then again, I don't really know how much that is saying because this has been a thin position for Michigan State for quite some time. Uh, so who do they lose? I just threw Connor Hayward's name in here for the tight end. I mean, look, I, I understand he played the Connor Hayward position last year, but for sake of conversation, okay, tight end room loses Connor yeah. Hayward. I just yeah, yeah, no, that's the best place yeah. to put him here for this preview. So there you go. Uh, you keep the most Big Ten player that's ever lived, uh, former punter, current tight end, Tyler Hunt. You keep Malik Carr. And then also you add one of my favorite players going into this season, Daniel Barker. Uh, Steven, point blank, who starts – or, or is the question a little more complicated than that? Are each three so different in their own skill set that it's going to depend on the matchup and everything? How do you break down who has the leg up in that tight end room? I think it's the latter. Um, honestly, I do. You know, okay. I, I think it's going to whoever runs out there for the first snap is probably going to depend on what they have the first uh, one to two plays scripted as. You know, if it's a outside zone or something they need somebody to to block a defensive end tyler hunt's going to be out there you know if if they're going to play action pass and send somebody out on a route could be malik Carr, could be barker uh could be both you know i think um there's no doubt to your point that this is the deepest room especially of the mel tucker era deepest room though in a while i mean even going it probably going back to like the uh what like charlie gann um linthicum like that type of era like early 2010s you know uh I'm forgetting one or two guys. Selleck. Yeah, Selleck. yeah, exactly. But they had uh, those two, uh, two, three of those guys all, all together. But, yeah, it's, it's it's no doubt the deepest in a while. Um, and they have some dudes who look like tight ends now, right? Like, so the first year of this staff, he had uh, Ted Gilmore had Tyler Hunt out there just hanging on for dear life, you know, like 
salute. You know, the, you respect the heck yeah, out of it. Go get was, him. He was not a tight end out there uh, trying to play tight end and just, just dangling in the wind. So you respect that. And then year two, you got Connor Hayward, who played well. I'm not knocking him, but he's he's just one of one. There's no other right. Connor Haywards out there, and yep. you're probably not going to get another one. So just a non-traditional tight end. And now finally in year three, uh, you have a room stocked with some dudes who look like tight ends. And that starts with Tyler Hunt, too, because they everybody's mentioned he's put on a lot of weight, um, apparently maybe a little too much weight, because I guess he had some off-season surgery and yeah. really got really went hard on the Chick-fil-A and went you know went a little bit overboard, uh, but they're working who hasn't, on getting them back, know, right? Who hasn't? Yeah, yeah, we've been there. <laughs> Um, yeah. He said uh, his his recommendation is chicken nuggets uh, with the mac mixed with the mac and cheese mixed yep. with the barbecue sauce apparently like yep. all together. So for the folks out there that want that want the Tyler Hunt meal, that's that. Right. Um, so he he looks good though. I think he he's obviously going to be their their go to blocker. I think at this point, uh, Malik Carr obviously has big play potential at, at any given moment. Um, the word on him is that they just need him to continue to buy in more on the blocking end and. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, same thing with Daniel Barker, basically. And I've heard he's been tearing it up in practice. Uh, just, yeah, I've heard he's been a problem for the defense okay. at times this year. And uh, same thing with him. You know, he's always been a pass catcher, but they want to they want to see him get his nose dirty and uh, get his hands dirty. I guess I should say, get his nose in there and and get uh, physical as a blocker. And I guess he's will. From what I hear, he's willing to. Uh, just doesn't have the technique or anything like that down yet, or, or maybe the the playbook down of what he's supposed okay. to be doing on certain run uh, concepts and whatnot. But uh, between those three, man, you got a lot of, you got a lot there. And it makes me think of when Jay Johnson first got hired here, like his very, very first uh, media session with us, he said, the tight end is the MVP of my offense. And, you know, like I was just saying, those, these first two years have been very um, unusual at that regard, in that regard, at that position. And now maybe this year, I think uh, we're going to finally see a little bit of that. And I, I think, uh, I think we could see two on the field at once, maybe one split out, one on the line. I'm very right. intrigued about what he can do with Barker specifically in the screen game because I think he's got some catch and catch and run to him. So uh, very excited uh, to see how they use those guys. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up that you can, you know, go to 12 personnel, have two tight ends. Like, okay, mm-hmm. one guy's going to block Tyler Hunt and the other guy's going to be a good threat down the field, Malik Carr, or like have two guys that are catching, you know, targets mm-hmm. in Malik Carr and Bryce. <laughs> Possibilities are endless, and for a guy that's as creative as Jay Johnson, like yeah, they, like Kenneth Walker's gone. That obviously sucks for for his job. But man, like the tight end room helps mitigate that damage a little bit. Not it doesn't make up for it, but it mitigates it. Like, they're gonna they're gonna be able to attack people in new ways this year that they didn't last yeah. year. You know, there's there's gonna be some new stuff I think uh, that you see on that side of things. It'll be fun. Maybe, maybe flea flickers that involve the tight end now this year. Maybe oh, not even right. running back. You're like, a tunnel screen flea flicker. You like that? Oh, do you know what? I'm wow. going to edit all this out. I'm going to send this file to Jay Johnson, and we will wow. script out the first 10 plays. We are innovating over here, folks. Innovating. We are, <laughs> we, we are elbows deep in MSU's offensive <laughs> game plan right now. Let's go, baby. <laughs> so, well, Steven, uh, get ready for this segue. You sitting down for this one? I, I, th- I think this is going to be a good one. You can bet on the tight end room being improved from last season. You could also bet on your favorite teams, your favorite sports at betonline.net. You like that one? You like oh, that? Because, oh, you're good. Yeah, there this, we man. go. Yeah. See, we got we have like the number one friend of the program on, and we're also talking about the number one sports betting website for all your gambling needs. That's betonline.net. Steven, I'm going to keep you on the screen for this one. Uh, why not? We're having Dang. a good time. Uh, betonline.net is the place you have to go to place your futures, your just in-game bets, anything that you want to really place because, well, they have anything that you want to bet on. We're talking Major League Baseball. Steven, I – 
I know that Steven's main sport right there. He's you got at least five futures out for the World Series. Don't don't put your <laughs> thumbs down like that. I I know you're watching all 162 games of your favorite team uh, over there. Uh, my last it. bet was a baseball bet actually, and hey, I took hey, bad no. advice from these uh, from these uh, <laughs> sportsbook folks, whatever the the analytics folks who tell you where to put your money and everything, and sure. took bad advice on a baseball bet. Sure enough. Yeah, I bet that advice did not come from betonline.net, Stephen, because not. they have you covered top to bottom this season. Not not just Stephen's favorite sport, baseball, but also NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the best and top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered top to bottom. So head to BetOnline today. Here's a mobile device. Learn more about the trends and actions happening today. That's at BetOnline where the game starts. You can bet on eSports? You can bet on eSports <laughs> oh with BetOnline, That's Steven. Amazing. That's right. You, you could probably bet on weather on Dude. BetOnline. Like, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, Is there a locked-on eSports betting um, host, oh, man. is that job available? Because we can run that up the flagpole here. I'll, I'll throw your name in. Yeah, let me. I'm sure there's the, a lockdown the esports powers. probably, but lockdown esports betting is is a new market. Uh, I think that maybe somebody needs to tap into. But all right, carry on. Where who where are we at? I think we could corner that market. I think th- I don't know how many esports gambling podcasts there are out there, but you know what, Stephen? Let's just do it together and dominate. It's I don't know. Things that people don't know they need it until they have it. You know, people might not think, not. "Oh, we don't need that. We don't need that." But until you have it, whoa, man! Imagine betting on that League of Legends match. Woo. Yeah, and then like you're on a yacht in the Caymans because of our betting advice for esports. Like it's it's golden. So there you go. We're both Love going to be quitting our jobs by week six this football season. We we Love got it. this unlocked. Just esports gambling. Love this. <laughs> I don't have a good segue for this one, Steve. Let's talk wide receivers. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's that's the best I got right there. Um, this is a fun fun room. Uh, just like the tight ends, you know, running backs. You know, you have reason to feel good about it. Uh, wide receivers. I got a lot of reason to feel good about this room, right? Okay, yes, you you lose Jalen Naylor. That, that's it. Like, that's pretty much all you lose right there. Uh, you keep Jaden Reed, Trey Mosley, Keon Coleman, Montori Foster, Christian Fitzpatrick, Terry Lockett, uh, Wolverine Slayer, Cade McDonald. Let's just throw his name in there. Why not? And then you add no transfers, but young guns like four-star Jeremy Bernard and four-star Antonio Gates Jr., Steven, is the starting trio simply Jaden Reed, Trey Mosley, Neon Keon Coleman, or do you think that there is some serious competition for that third spot? And if so, what other name is there an eyebrow arched for, really? Uh, no, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, yeah. on, on paper and, and, and even really in practice, uh, there is competition for that third spot. But mm-hmm. when everyone's competing against Keon Coleman, like, it's is it really a competition? You know, like he's kind of in his own class, right? Like he just, yeah, it's it's it is all it's all on the table for everybody. But like that guy's in the same division as me too. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, so it's yeah, it's it's if it's all if he's in the competition, he's winning it. So that's that's okay. how I see that. Uh, but Jeremy Bernard, I think, is is really making waves um, from everything right. right here. Uh, obviously, came in in the spring, so he had a lot to build off of. Um, versus like Gates and and uh, Jerron Glover came in in the fall or summer, whatever you want to call it. But Jeremy Bernard, uh, I I don't even think he's like – originally I was saying like, okay, he'll be at the bottom of the rotation. He'll be like guy five or six, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe get in like ten snaps a game or something. I'm thinking he's much he's much higher in the rotation than, than I anticipated. Um, it okay. could be like if you just ranked them, like if, if those are your three, um, he could be four coming out of this camp, wow. quite honestly. Yeah. 
And then, you know, but you've got, and then you've got other skill sets and body types and everything. And I like that about the room uh, when you were saying, you know, it's a fun room on top to bottom, you know, Christian yeah. Fitzpatrick uh, is a guy that I think folks sh- still shouldn't forget about. He's a big body dude at like six, four sort of built like Felton Davis a little bit, um, a little bit taller, actually, I think, but um, he's a guy to watch. Uh, Terry Lockett's still there. You know, he's sort of a, a textbook slot guy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Montori Foster, you know, late blooming basketball dude who has got that athletic ability that, uh, you know, he stepped in when Naylor went down last year. He was the choice there. So, and then, you know, I think uh, Trey Mosley, we see him making ridiculous catches on social media every day. So he's got a step. It seems like he's going to make a step forward. And man, I think Keon's going to produce, you know, <laughs> like I think he's going to have a big season probably. Gotcha. And uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, trickle down, you know, from, I think the, the, the attention that Jaden Reed's going to get. So yeah, there could be a, uh, could be time to eat for these, for these other receivers that aren't number one. I'm not done talking about neon Keon Coleman. This is, this is a hot name and I'm going to keep talking about it. So why is he clear cut? Like in your opinion, the third guy right now, is it what you've seen in practice? Is it what you've heard out of practice? Is it combination of both is it just the fact that he did get some playing time at the end of last year or what has you sold on all second that. year neon Keon coleman all of it yeah all that yeah i mean and just and just just looking at the guys if i do if you just lined them up and been like i would okay. just i'd pick him out of the line and be like he's probably gonna be the one right you know if i knew gotcha. nothing about the team yeah just the, the attributes the leaping ability i hear he's explosive and can change direction i mean he's he's freaking big He's very bulky after another year in the weight room. Um, he's put on some good weight. He just he looks different. I mean, he looks like a okay. pro out there just from a build standpoint. So, and then yeah, he played last year. He's the first name out of everyone's mouth when you ask about some receivers. Everybody brings him up. Um, I think you know even in spring and last year there was some hesitation to sort of um, to tamp down. You know, people wanted to tamp down. I think on the expectations for him and everything. Now it's like mm-hmm. they can't deny it. I think it's kind of okay. the sense that I've gotten because they just keep bringing him up and there's no like couching it it's just like yeah Keon's coming around he's doing things and they just kind of have that look in their eye I've got I love hearing that let's <laughs> let's go there we go uh last position group is uh is quarterback Steven do you want to talk about the uh the battle for the starting quarterback position right now or uh how do you want to handle it really tight competition between Peyton Thorne and everyone else right like this whew, hang on to this one no it's not okay I'm not gonna let you spin this because I've, <laughs> since I've been back I've covered too many quarterback competitions <laughs> Um, it, it, so it's just nice to not have one, to be yeah. honest. Uh, so, so no, it's very nice. It's, you know, everyone wants to know about the backup and everything. So I think right now yeah. it's Noah Kim and then the other guys, okay. um, we'll see what they come out of camp with again, scrim, another position scrimmages are, are going to, you know, tell a lot. So, uh, that's first ones this weekend. We'll see what comes out of that. But Noah Kim, I think has a decent leg up now, just with his experience, those guys clearly trust him. Um, he knows the system, but. In terms of raw talent, like Kate Hauser is is a is a guy, and I've heard that all the time. Um, so it's kind of about whether he can bridge that, you know, close that gap of oh, I don't have the reps in the system, but maybe I have the raw talent. But you know, Noah Kim might know the the personnel better, you know, and the coaches might trust him a little bit more. So it's it's whether uh, it's where he can make up that ground. I think this camp, but it sounds like Noah Kim, at least for now, is is sort of the guy in the it, pretty firmly at number two. Okay, and. Uh, and that's that. Gotcha. And I like Kim being the backup just for like this analytic that I like to use, which is I love a backup quarterback just being tatted up. Like that's uh, 
that's a good guy coming off the bench right there. That's uh, <laughs> you like you like that saber metric right there. That's that's that's, a, that's, a that's great. I've never heard of that. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's a very high end uh, system that we use over here on this no. end of the microphone. His, uh, we're heavy in analytics over here in the Lockdown Spartans podcast. So yeah, if, if your backup quarterback is tatted, uh, you're feeling good about the number two guy right there coming in with a nice edge to him. Um, Steven, I. This is how we're going to end the episode. And okay, so we did this with uh, Nick Baumgartner last week. We broke down the defense. Honestly, very optimistic conversation. Today was no different. Very optimistic conversation. Of course, this isn't a perfect team, but I feel like we have more right to be high than we do low. An emailer, Jeff, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, he asked us too. The, the, the email headline was excitement level to 10. And he basically asked, like the question all of us are asking, like do us Michigan State fans – do, do we are we in the right to be this optimistic coming into this season, or are you going to throw a bucket of water on these flames? Yeah, what, really you, should we be? <laughs> so you want me to tear it all down on my way out of here, basically? Or like that's up to you. That's it's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah, I, very quickly, like everything that I said today that was positive and exciting and, and optimistic can all crumble very, very quickly under this. Okay, there it is. Ride. All right, it, okay. it can all crumble like that. They can come out of here and yeah. struggle to run the ball against Western. You know, run for 58 yards on, uh, you know, 28 carries or whatever, and uh, and they, that could be trouble. Or they just they get a they get a bad injury, you know, early on the offensive line that could crumble it. So yeah, if you want a dose of reality or or the other yeah. side of the coin, there it is. Yeah. Um, okay. And I will say just overall in closing, like my 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 top line, uh, you know, thought on this offense as a whole is that uh, clearly Kenneth Walker was in the driver's seat last year. But then they were incredibly balanced, though, and I give them credit. And they're, they're always going to want mm-hmm. to be balanced. Um, I think it was 55-45 run to pass. Uh, okay. They're always going to want to do that. But it was clearly Kenneth Walker was in the driver's seat. When there was an emergency, you turn to him. When you need a big play, you turn to him. When, when Whatever. He was at the front of the line, and the passing game supported them. That Those roles, I think, have to reverse this year. Peyton Thorne has to take a step forward with these receivers, all those guys included. They all have to take a step forward and be the dominant hand for this team, I think, for them to get anywhere close to where they want to go, anywhere close to maximizing their potential. Um, the passing game has to be the flag bearer. The running game has to be the complement, I think. And and we'll see because there were games last year where K-9 wasn't going off. They were rare, but there were moments in games where he wasn't going off and the passing game did not pick up the slack and did not uh, you know, pick up the banner. So that to me is the biggest thing. If you want to distill this whole episode into like two sentences, it's that. So the passing game needs to step forward and, and carry the banner if they're going to, if this team's going to reach its potential. Could have said it any better. And uh, I'm still going to put the entire mortgage on over seven and a half wins. So <laughs> that, that, that wasn't enough to completely kill my optimism. So there you go. I'm going to go. I'm picking eight and four, I think, right okay. now. You know, so I, okay. I, I, it's just a good season. You know, I don't know what excitement on 10 means. Like, I, I, you know, be reasonable with it, but I think they've got a shot at their best case scenario to be a dark horse contender. Yeah. And at the, you know, at the worst case, uh, you know, just sneaking into a bowl game, I guess. Yeah. Like be reasonable, be reasonable about it. Like a level headed person like yourself, which is why we love having you on the podcast or, you know, be a delusional slappy in August, like myself, where I think the floor is 11 wins right now. So that's a, that's a rat. great that's balance a good, here. That's a good way to end it though. Cause yeah, I feel like, you know, everybody, we, we sort of, we pushed everybody up to the top of the hill and then uh, I got to pull the rug out right at the last. It's minute. great. I like that. Yeah. It's great. You know, I also can't wait for like after the first quarter when we're only up seven to three against Western and I will start thinking like we're going five and seven this year. Like I, I, I can't wait for the crash 
of this optimism because, uh, as a lot of people know, whew, boy, emotionally, this is a roller coaster between uh, my ears here. But that's why we have Stephen Brooks on and who will be joining us throughout the season after games to just break down everything. You know, obviously a smart football mind. So, uh, Stephen, we'll be hearing from you a lot this upcoming football season. Um, any, 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 anything you want to promote right now? Any, any, anything to, to throw out there for 24-7 sports? Just read us, visit us, join us, okay. hang out with us, you know, just support yeah. us and all that. SpartanTailgate.com, and, and you can find cool. your way from there. So appreciate everybody. Thanks for having me on, man. I'll see you soon. Ah, Steven, you're the best. Everyone loves you. I love you. So, gang, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the week. Uh, we're getting really close to football season. Until then, hey, keep it tuned here five days a week. Have a great week. Love you all. Go green. Let's go. Woo!